Well, hello again, and Happy New Year. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1947-1948 season. I love these episodes that are the Rose Bowl episodes because anything that ties Jack into, like, reality, I think even makes it more humorous just for the fact that you can picture the situation even better. And um, the fact that the Rose Bowl is going on at the time of year that we go through, the same time Jack's going through the year, I think just ties us more into Jack. So, anyway, I hope you enjoy this great episode. I love Kitzel's part in these episodes with the uh, Rose Bowl. And uh, I just thank all of you that have emailed me, wishing me a happy Christmas, wishing me happy New Year. Um, I just hope the very best for all of you and that... Uh, this 2013 is a great year for everybody, and uh, we'll see you next time. Have a great New Year's Day. Exhibit A, Lucky Strike. Fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. And day in, day out, consistently, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. American. Lucky Strike presents the man who knows. The tobacco auctioneer. Mr. Lucian Purdom, veteran auctioneer of Springfield, Kentucky, has sold more than 240 million pounds of tobacco at auction. Recently, he said, At every auction I've attended, I've seen the makers of Lucky Strike buy fine quality tobacco. That fine, ripe smoking leaf that makes a smooth, mild smoke. Smoked Lucky's myself for 22 years. Season after season, independent tobacco experts like Mr. Purdon can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Remember, LSMFT, LSMFT. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco means real, deep-down smoking enjoyment for you. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. The Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, as you all know, the new year was ushered in by one of the nation's gridiron classics played in the Rose Bowl before a record crowd of 93,000 people. This game always produces statistics that are mulled over by sports lovers for weeks to come. 475 yards gained by running, 314 yards by passing, resulting in seven touchdowns and seven conversions. Yes, even the star of our show has been stunned at the amazing figures compiled by this football classic. 93,000 people at $5 a piece. <laughs> Gosh, what a game. Uh, it certainly was, Jack. <laughs> it seems that the Rose Bowl game gets more exciting every year. You're not kidding. I can remember when it was only 80,000 people at $3 a piece. <laughs> But I will say one thing, Don. You got to give the California Chamber of Commerce a lot of credit. They sure think fast. What do you mean, Jack? Well, during the half, they had a man climb up a ladder and paint a stem on the USC score so it would look like an orange. 
Feeding 3,000 people. Oh, hello, Mary. Hello, Jack. Hello, Don. Hello, Mary. I'm glad you're feeling better. Yes, Mary. It's certainly good to have you back on the show. Well, Jack, I hated to miss last Sunday's program, but I had that thing that's been going around. Virus X. Yes, yes, I know. Did you have a good doctor, Mary? Oh, Don, I must tell you about him. He's a new doctor in Beverly Hills, and he's the handsomest man you ever saw. Oh, fine. Gee, he's cute. And he's a bachelor, too. Really? All the girls in my neighborhood came over and asked me to throw germs on them. <laughs> oh, Mary, you fall for everybody. When you first got a fever, why didn't you send for my doctor? I did, Jack, and a fine doctor you've got. What? Jack, how long has he been treating you? Oh, for quite a while. Well, I've got news for you. He's a horse doctor. <laughs> he is not a horse doctor. He isn't, eh? When he got to my house, he threw a blanket over me and walked me around the room to cool me off. <laughs> what? And when he started to braid my hair, I threw him out. Oh, well, then that explains it. One day I called him up and told him my ankles hurt, and he sent over four bandages. <laughs> Well, Mary, what about the new doctor you called? What did he say? He told me I had virus X and I shouldn't run tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Mary, stop kidding, will you? You know, you, you should be, just be happy that you're well again. I am. And, Jack, I thought it was awfully nice of Alice Faye to take my place last Sunday. It certainly was, Mary, and she was just marvelous on the show. She did a terrific job. Well, she did, eh? <laughs> Yes, she did. And I was amazed how she could come in here at the last minute, pick up the script with no rehearsal, and give such a sensational performance. Is it true that she bleaches her hair? <laughs> Mary! Now, stop being catty. There's no way to start the new year. Well, by the way, Jack, have you made any New Year's resolutions? No, no, I haven't, Don. Well, I have. I made a resolution to cut my food in half. Well, good, good. I'm glad to hear that, Don. It isn't good manners to take a whole steak and stuff it in your mouth. <laughs> no, 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 Jack. I, I'm serious about losing weight. Really? I've given up bread, butter, and potatoes. Don, if you ever stop eating potatoes, Idaho will secede from the Union. <laughs> and speaking of food, reminds me of eating, you see? And speaking of eating, reminds me of my sponsor, who makes it possible... And speaking, <laughs> and speaking of the sponsor, reminds me of the commercial. Now I've got something swell this week for uh, this week for our quartet. Uh, where are the sportsmen? Don? Well, Jack, you remember they all had very bad colds last week. Yes. Well, they're not over it yet, and right now they're home in bed. But Don, what are we going to do? We have to have a commercial. Well, they thought of that, so they sent their wives over. Their wives? Yes, yes. There they are, standing right over there. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, hello, girls. <laughs> well, it, it's awfully nice of you ladies to come over and help us out. Have they got a number prepared, Don? Oh, yes, Jack, it is quite unusual. I, I'm sure you'll like it. Okay, girls, let's hear it. Don, 
so much for helping us out. Oh, you're welcome, and I want to thank you for sending your doctor over to take care of my husband. Oh, how does your husband feel? Well, I don't know. He just looks up at me with his big brown eyes and goes... <laughs> <laughs> I guess Mary was right, huh? Well, goodbye, girls. Goodbye. goodbye. Say, Don, Don, uh, didn't I... Uh... <laughs> Don, didn't I see two of them at your house on New Year's Eve? Yeah, Jack, we had a lot of fun, didn't we? We certainly did. And Mary, I'm certainly glad that you're well enough to attend my New Year's Eve party. Oh, so am I, Dan. I had such a good time. But I haven't had a chance to tell you what happened after Jack and I left your house. Mary. What happened, Mary? Tell me. Well. Mary, it's all over. Forget about it. I will not. Oh. Don, it was after midnight. <laughs> As you remember, we were still at your house having a wonderful time. Gee, you know, Mary, this is the best New Year's Eve party I've ever been to Me too, but it's way past midnight How about taking me home? Okay, Mary, sure Well, I say goodbye Goodbye, Don, it was a wonderful party Glad you enjoyed it, so long, Jack Goodbye, Mrs. Wilson Goodbye, Jack Now, let's see Where's Phil? You're standing on him. <laughs> How do you like that? Well, it's Don's fault. He shouldn't let him drink so much. What do you mean, Don's fault? Phil was this way when he got here. He was not. Mary, when Phil arrived, I opened the door and he fell in like a body in a murder mystery. <laughs> now, come on, let's go. Gee, Mary, isn't this a nice night out? It sure is. What a beautiful sky. You know, the stars look so close, and they seem to be different colors. Red, pink, blue, yellow. Jack, that's confetti on your glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anyway, Mary, it was certainly a wonderful New Year's Eve party. Gee, we sure had a Pardon lot Pardon of... me, folks. Pardon me. Huh? Now, what do you think I ought to get my wife for Christmas? <laughs> <laughs> Christmas? Mr. Christmas was a whole week ago. This is New Year's. You mean it's already 1945? <laughs> it's 1948. Oh, my goodness. I better get home. <laughs> oh, well. Everybody celebrates in his own way. Say, Mary, did you notice at the party when the New Year came in, everybody got sentimental and they quieted down? Huh? Well, what do you mean they got sentimental? Well, they stopped singing and dancing. Well, they had to. The stroke of 12, Patrilla came in and shut off the phonograph. <laughs> oh, is that who it was? Well, here's your house, Mary. Yeah. Mary. What is it, Jack? Well, since this is the New Year, 
How about giving me a little kiss? Oh, Jack, let's not go through that again. You always get so emotional. I do not. You do, too. The last time I kissed you, you ran home, threw yourself across the bed, and cried for an hour. <laughs> well, that was my own fault. I had two glasses of cooking sherry. <laughs> anyway. Well, good night, Jack, and Happy New Year. Good night, Mary. Hey, wait a minute. How would you like to go to the Rose Bowl game? Hey, that would be wonderful. But have you got tickets? There's plenty of time. The game doesn't start till tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> tomorrow? It's already 2 o'clock in the morning. Ah, don't worry about it. I'll get the tickets. Come on, let's go in your house. I want to use your phone. That's an old excuse, but I'll take a chance. <laughs> oh, don't be silly. Let's see, who can I... Well, I'll be darned. There's the blanket. You weren't kidding about my doctor, were you? <laughs> Now, who can I get tickets from? Oh, I know. I'll call Jeff Cravath, the USC coach. The USC coach? But Jackie may be asleep. What do you mean, asleep? He hasn't slept since the Notre Dame game. <laughs> oh, I know who let me have his extra tickets, if he has any. Who? Ronald Coleman. Oh, Jack, you wouldn't call Mr. Coleman at this hour. Why not? This is New Year's Eve. Hand me the phone. Hey, da da dum da dum da da dum the Ronald Coleman residence, Sherwood the butler speaking. Oh, Sherwood, this is Mr. Benny. May I speak to Mr. Coleman? Mr. Coleman is asleep, sir. Asleep already? Didn't he celebrate New Year's Eve? Oh, yes. We had a rip-roaring time here till almost nine o'clock. <laughs> nine o'clock? How could you celebrate the New Year that early? We're on London time, you know. <laughs> Well, Sherwood, do you know if Mr. Coleman has any extra tickets to the Rose Bowl? Oh, I'm sure he hasn't any. Oh. Well, in that case, Sherwood, I'm sorry I woke you up, but I do want to take this opportunity to wish you a happy new year and that 1948 will be a year that you and yours will enjoy not only health and happiness... Yeah, I say, old chap, would you mind saying goodbye? There's a draft blowing up my nightshirt. <laughs> Goodbye, Sherwood. Goodbye. Well, have any luck, Jack? No, the Coleman's didn't have any extra tickets. But they have crossed ventilation. <laughs> what? Don't worry, Mary. I'll get the tickets if I have... Hey, Mary! Look out the window. Look who's passing. My pal, my buddy. Open the window, quick. Hey, Norman! Norman! Have you got two extra tickets to the Rose Bowl game? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, it's way after 2.30. I'm going to bed. Wait a minute, Mary. I just thought of something. For the Rose Bowl game, they always put about 6,000 tickets on public sale. All we have to do is go down and buy them at the box office. But, Jack, there'll be a million people there. All right, so look how early we'll be. I'll call Rochester, have him pick us up in my car, and take us out to Pasadena. <laughs> Do you think your car will make this hill, Jack? Sure. Rochester, give it a little more gas. Okay.
we made it, Mary. You can hop in now. <laughs> Why don't you get rid of this thing and buy a new one? Mary, how can you suggest such a thing? I couldn't get rid of this car. It's like an old friend. Been with me through thick and thin, through rain and shine, through joy and sorrow. Through McKinley and Truman. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Jack, maybe you can get a new car through Fred Allen. You know, he's changing sponsors this week, and he's going on the air for Ford. Mary, I wouldn't ask Fred Allen a favor for anything. Why, if I were stranded on some foreign island, hungry, and Allen came with, to me with food, I'd rather starve than accept a favor from him. How can you say that? A month ago, you sold him Christmas cards. That's business. <laughs> hey, Rochester, turn to the right on Camden Drive. I know a shortcut to Pasadena. Okay. Gee, Mary, I hope we can get tickets. I wouldn't miss this game for anything in the world. It's gonna be... Oh, Jack, look at that poor old man. Where? Oh, yes. Look at that old man hobbling along on the sidewalk. That's a shame. Why well, feel sorry for him? He's going faster than we are. <laughs> Never mind. Stop the car. <laughs> Say, mister, would you like a lift? Eh? I said, would you like a lift? Where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Pasadena, to the Rosie Bowl. Oh, you're going to see the game? See it. I'm playing halfback for USC. <laughs> oh, well, you don't have to be there till 2 o'clock. <laughs> Drive on, Rochester. Say, Mary, the reason I'm so anxious to see this game, I don't know if I told you or not, but uh, I bet on USC. You did? Yeah, did I get a sucker? He took Michigan and gave me 40 points. <laughs> you know, that's a sure thing. Hey, Rochester, slow down. There's a parking lot. What does the sign say, Mary? Uh, park here for the Rose Bowl, one dollar. What? A dollar? Why, well, of all the profiteering rackets, one dollar. That's outrageous. That's the most... Boss, boss, that's your own house! <laughs> Oh, yes. Gee, 15 cars already. <laughs> it's only 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, Rochester, let's get to Pasadena as fast as we can. I don't want to miss getting those Rose Bowl tickets. Say, Jack, look, we left Phil at Don's house, and there he is walking toward us. Well, I'll be darned. Rochester, stop the car. Hey, Phil! Phil! Hiya, Jackson. Phil, do you know what condition you were in when I left Don's? Yeah, Jackson, I felt awful. It's the first time I ever passed out after the first glass. After the first glass? I'm going to say, what were you drinking? Milk. <laughs> milk? Yeah, some wise guy turned out the lights and handed it to me. <laughs> but, Phil, milk is good for you when you're drinking. It neutralizes the alcohol. It makes you feel good the next morning. Go on, Daddy. Now tell me about the birds and the bees. <laughs> Well, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of what? So I've been having a little fun for the last two nights. Last two nights? Everybody else has a party on New Year's Eve, but you have to start your party the night before. So what? Henry Wallace started his party the night before that. Ha, 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 Oh, Harris, that nasty old milk ain't slowed you down a bit. <laughs> oh, brother. 
Say, Phil, I don't think you should be walking around like this. Why don't you get in the car and let us drive you home? No, no, I feel fine now. I'll get home all right. Hey, Jackson, when did you get this brand new car? What? You better help men, Jack. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, you don't have to help me. I'm going to walk home. But, Phil, when you go out, doesn't Alice worry about you? Oh, sure. That's why she sold this note to my lapel. Note? Let me see that. What does it say, Mary? To whom it may concern. If lost, remove ropes from coat pockets, stand them up in time to a lamppost. <laughs> oh, well, then he's all right. So long, Phil. I'll be seeing you Sunday. Okay, Happy New Year, Jackson. Happy New Year. Now, hurry up, Rochester. I want to be sure and get those tickets. <laughs> Gee, standing here so long. What a crowd. Yeah. Here it is almost noon, and we've been standing in this ticket line for five hours. Yeah. And the line doesn't seem to... Hey, you back there, stop shoving. Wonder how long it'll be before we get... I said stop shoving. Yeah, I can't understand, Mary. People go to football games, it brings out the worst in them. Look, I warned you twice. And if you shove me once more, I'll drag you out of line and I'll... I can't help it, mister. People are pushing me. <laughs> I don't care. Jack, control yourself. Well, lucky for her, she's wearing glasses. <laughs> See, I'm getting kind of hungry. Me too. I think there's a man selling hot dogs over there. Where? Oh, yeah. Hey, mister, you with the hot dog. People in the middle with the mustard on top. Why, it's Mr. Kitzel. Hello, Mr. Benny. Happy New Year, Miss Livingston. Hello, Mr. Kitzel. Say, this is a coincidence. We first met you selling hot dogs here at the Rose Bowl two years ago. Yeah, now you're back here again. I've been selling hot dogs for nigh on to 20 years. <laughs> 20 years, eh? Well, how's the hot dog business? Well, it's pretty good, but I don't relish it. <laughs> relish? <laughs> I made that joke. <laughs> Yes, you did. Very good, too. Well, give me a couple of hot dogs. Coming up. Oh, by the way, there's a slight meat shortage. Where did you get your frankfurters? From a doctor in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Jack, that must be your horse doctor. Mary, he means a butcher. Uh, two frankfurters, Mr. Kitzel. You want the pickle in the middle and the mustard on top, or the mustard in the middle and Johnny Logan on top? <laughs> Mr. Kittle, stop making jokes, and here's your money. Thank you, Mr. Benny, and Happy New Year. Same to you, same to you. <laughs> Gee, Mary, he's a cute guy. Uh-huh. Darn it, this line doesn't seem to move up at all. Boy, I sure hope we can get tickets. I'm so anxious to see the game. Psst. Hey, bud. Bud. Huh? You say you want to get some tickets? You say you want to see the game? Tell you what I'm going to do. What? I ain't got a pair of tickets smack on the 50-yard line, and you can have them for only 75 bucks.
You're done? He's on right on show. Look, mister, you got a nerve. Charming $75 for a pair of football tickets. Why, that ain't nothing. Why, there's a crook out in Beverly Hills charging a buck to park cars. <laughs> That's beside the point. You came here... Hey, you back there, I warned you three times to stop shoving. If you don't, I'll... You what? Gee, somebody must have taken her place. Huh? <laughs> I took her place. I'm her husband. Well, congratulations. She's a lovely girl. <laughs> now, where's that um, wise guy that was trying to sell me those? He's gone. Oh, yes. You know, Mary, it's a shame. Dennis wanted to see this game today, but he's got a bad cold, too, and he had to stay in bed. Gee, more people have been... Jack, Jack, move up. You're next at the ticket window. Oh, yes, yes. yes. All right, mister. How many tickets do you want? Uh, how much, uh, how much are they? Five dollars and fifty cents. Well, uh, here's my money, Jack. No, 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 Mary. No, no, I'll, I'll pay for these. I'll buy my own. I've still got money left from the May Company. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, one ticket, mister. Here you are. Uh, give me a ticket right next to hers, will you? Here you are. They're right together. And boy, are you two lucky. Those were the last tickets. Come on, Mary. Come on. Let's get out of here. Boy, we are lucky. I had my heart set all year on seeing this game, and I'm going to see it now. Come on, Mary, we're over at Tunnel 16. Okay. You know, it's kind of chilly. I want to get a cup of coffee first. You want one, Mary? No, I don't want to get mixed up in that crowd. I'll go ahead and hold our seats. Okay. See you in a few minutes, Mary. I don't let him start the game without me. Let's see. Where can I get the coffee? Oh, well, there's a stand over there. Yeah, da Gee, I can't wait. Boy, I was up all night, stood in line for five hours. It was worth it to get this ticket. Hey, mister. Mister. Huh? How many tickets you got to the game? One. What'd you pay for it? Five fifty. Want to sell it? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, siree. Not me. I'll give you $6 for it. Are you crazy? I've been looking forward to this game all year. I've been up all night calling people, begging people for these tickets. I drove all the way down here from Beverly Hills in that traffic. I waited in line five hours to get this ticket. $7? It's guys like you that always try... How much? Seven bucks. Seven dollars? Yep. <laughs> Mister, do me a favor, will you? What? There'll be a girl sitting next to you. <laughs> Tell her you picked my pocket. <laughs> okay. Here's your money. Thanks. So long, mister. Gee, I hate to miss that game. But then again, with this money, I can... Wait a minute. What kind of a $5 bill did he give me? Look at the picture on it. 
Madman Month. <laughs> hey, mister! Mister, come back! Come back here! Hey, mister, come back here! We'll be back in just a minute. But first, quality of product is essential to continuing success. And Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. L-S-M-F-T. Yes, Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. And fine tobacco is what counts in a cigarette. Remember what happens at the tobacco auctions? <laughs> at market after market, independent tobacco experts can see the makers of Lucky Strike consistently select and buy that fine, that light. That naturally mild tobacco. Lucky Strike presents The Man Who Knows, the tobacco warehouseman. Mr. Floyd Clay, well-known tobacco warehouseman of Versailles, Kentucky, operates one of the largest tobacco warehouses in the world. Not long ago, he said, Up through the years, I've seen American buy tobacco that's ripe and mild. Tobacco with real flavor and mellowness. I've smoked Lucky's myself for 17 years. So for your own real, deep-down smoking enjoyment, remember... L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. So smoke that smoke of fine tobacco, Lucky Strike. Yes, next time you buy cigarettes, ask for Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Anyway, Don, now you know why I'll never go to another football game with Jack. Well, I don't blame you, Mary. That smart guy sold me the ticket. I'd like to see him again. I'll tell him plenty. Well, drop in to Sarah's tonight, and you can. How do you know he's going to be there? I've got a date with him. You would. <laughs> Good night. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. about the new look in fashion. Well, there's a new look in hair beauty, too. Yes, women everywhere are achieving that look of softer, shinier hair with a marvelous new product, Fitch Cream Shampoo. This wonder-working shampoo is made with two beneficial beauty aids, lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin is used to soften the hair to leave it smooth and caressable. Olive oil is used to bring out sparkling highlights to accent the glowing radiance of your hair. Fitch Cream Shampoo is so easy to use. A small dab quickly whips into a fragrant, creamy lather that thoroughly cleanses hair and scalp. Then just rinse with plain water and every bubble of suds is gone. After shampooing, you'll find your hair stays in place. It stays soft and it stays shining, as though it had been brushed and brushed and brushed. Fitch is economical, too. Compare the size of the jar. Compare its low cost. At drug or toilet goods counters, 
by Fitch Cream Shampoo for that flattering new look of softer, shinier hair. The F.W. Fitch Company, makers of Fitch Shampoo, presents the Fitch Bandwagon, written by Ray Singer and Dick Chevrolet, with Elliot Lewis, Walter Tetley, Janine Roos, Anne Whitfield, Robert North, Walter Scharf and his music, and starring Alice Faye and Phil Harris. Today is a big day in the Harris household. It's Phil's birthday. As we look in, Phil hasn't come downstairs yet, and we find Alice cautioning the children about a surprise party that she's planning. Now remember, children, we want this to be a complete surprise, so don't mention the party to Daddy. Oh, we won't say a word, Mommy. Why does it have to be a surprise party, Mommy? Oh, because if Daddy knew about it, he wouldn't want me to do it. He doesn't like to have people make a fuss over him. You know how your daddy is. He's modest and unassuming. <laughs> yes, he is kind of shy. And he's bashful, too. Well, that was fun, kids. What'll we play now? <laughs> now, look, girls, when daddy comes down, don't mention anything about his birthday. Let's pretend we don't even know it's his birthday. Mommy, how old is daddy? You know how old he is, Phyllis. He's five years younger than mommy. <laughs> told you that? Daddy. How old did he tell you he is? He said he couldn't remember exactly. He said he was either 18, 19, or 20. Is that right? That's right, honey. He was 18 and 19, 20. <laughs> now, look, children, I have to run over to Uncle Frankie's to make some last-minute preparations. I did want to talk to your father before I leave. I wonder if he's awake yet. <laughs> Gee whiz, just think, today's my birthday. I can't wait to see what the family got for me. I'll just see if my tie is straight before I go down. I want to look good. There. Yeah, it looks all right. Well, Curly, you're a year older, but you don't look too bad, kid. <laughs> Your hair doesn't have any gray in it. Your complexion's pretty good. You don't have a double chin. <laughs> Oh, let's face it, Filthy, you're devastating, you dove. <laughs> Gee whiz, and just look at your eyes, as clear as they ever were. The blue part is so blue, and the white part is so red. <laughs> well, I'm sure anxious to get downstairs. Gee whiz, I wonder what Alice and the kids got for me. Ha <laughs> ha, oh boy. On days like this, I feel sorry for the single guys who haven't got anyone to make a fuss over them on their birthdays. Yeah, this is for me, this family life. Hey, where is everybody? We're in the kitchen, Phil. Uh-oh. Alice is probably cooking something special for my birthday. Ah, she's a great girl. She deserves me. <laughs> yes, sir, and I'll bet she has the kids coached to sing happy birthday as soon as I open the kitchen door. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Well, here I am. Well, here I am. We see you, Phil. I'll get you some orange juice. Oh, no, honey, that can wait. Why don't you give me the other stuff first? <laughs> you mean you want your eggs before your orange juice? Fine reception I'm getting today. 
Hey, Alice. Yes, Phil. You know, today is January the 4th, and January the 4th only comes once a year. <laughs> well, it would be strange if January 4th came twice a year. <laughs> Look, honey, go get my orange juice. Well, kids, do you have something to say to your old daddy who keeps getting older every year on January the 4th? Phyllis. He's H-I-N-T-I-N-G. Yeah, he knows it's his B-I-R-T-H-D. Alice, tell the children to stop talking behind my back. <laughs> Guess I'm being too subtle for their childish minds. I'll give them a little broader hint. <clears throat> well, kids, your daddy feels great today. I feel great enough to sing... Uh, <laughs> Ain't that a catchy tune? Yeah. Do you know I the words it. to it? Yes, we do. Well, why don't you sing it for your daddy? Come on, I'll give you a downbeat. A one, a two, a three. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear teacher. Never mind. <laughs> I could have sworn there were other words to that tone. Well, I'm going over to Mother's house now, and I don't think I'll be home to dinner. Oh, your mother's again? Oh, you've been going over there for the past four days. Look, honey, I thought we'd spend this day uh, uh, together, uh, considering today is the day it is today. <laughs> Some other time, Phil. I really have to Wait go Wait a now. minute, Alice. I... Now, listen. Uh, goodbye. Now, I'll see you sometime late tonight. Oh, okay. Alice, wait a Bye. minute. Oh, how do you like that? She didn't even kiss me goodbye. Now, there's a doorbell. Gee, you'd think a guy's family would remember his birthday at least. Hiya, Mr. Harris. Oh, it's you, Julius. What's the matter with you? Haven't seen you so unhappy since they raised the price of bobby pins to a quarter a card. <laughs> Things ain't bad enough. This juvenile Oscar Levant has to show up. <laughs> oh, today's your birthday, huh? That's right. Today's my birthday, but my family ignored it. Didn't even have any presents or nothing. That ain't right. They should make a big fuss over you on your birthday. You think so, kid? Sure. When a man reaches your age, he ain't gonna have very many more. <laughs> What do you mean, my age? I'm in the prime of life. I feel great and I look pretty good, don't I? Well, don't I? Yeah, I gotta admit, you look much better than... Better than what? I don't know. There must be something you look better than. <laughs> look, Junior, get lost, will you? Go away someplace. Run away from home. I'll be glad to finance the trip. I'm going... Boy, I don't blame Miss Faye for not hanging around the house with an old grouch like you. <laughs> Angelic little character. I wonder if I could have him framed and sent to reform school. <laughs> Fine thing. Guy's birthday, nobody nice to you. You get a little older and they forget you. That's what happens. Just a little older and they forget you. I'll say one thing. It's a lot different from the first birthday I had when I was single and come riding into this town. Now, I know all y'all don't know who he is because I just got chair today. Now, my hometown is a little town uh, down Dixie Way. 
Everybody down there for miles around all calls me by my name. And now that I'm up here in your big town, I sure wish you all to do the same. Cause I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a clean-cut fella from Horner's Corner, and you ought to see me strut. I'm a caper-cutting cutie, got a gal called Katie, she's a little heavy-laden, but I call her baby. I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. Yes, a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a ping-pong papa from Pitchfork Prairie, ought to see me strut. I'm a ding-dong daddy, got a whiz-bang mama, she's a Bear Creek baby and a wampus kitty, a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. Yes, just a ding-dong and daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a popcorn popper and a Casanova, you ought to see me strut. I'm a mama-loving man and I love my Mary. She's a big blonde baby from Peanut Prairie. I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me do my stuff. Just a ding-dong a daddy from the Dumas, who you ought to see me do my stuff. I'm a peach pie popper from Jackson's Island. You ought to see me strut. I'm a honey-dripping daddy, got a hard-hearted baby. She's a chic-shaking Sheba, and hallelujah, I'm a ding-dong daddy from Dumas, and you ought to see me strut. Gee whiz, I wish Alice were going to dinner with me tonight. Tough for a guy to have to celebrate alone. There must be somebody who cares, somebody who would like to... Of course, Frankie. Now, why didn't I think of him before? Gee whiz, my pal, I'll phone him. I know he won't let me down. Sure, old Frankie, we'll cut up some touches tonight. He'll remember my birthday. He'll be just as excited about it as I am. Hello. Hello, Frankie, this is Curly. Well... <laughs> Look, Frankie, I called you to remind you that today's the, uh, the 4th of January That's about the dullest piece of information I ever received <laughs> Look, Frankie, you don't understand, this is January the 4th, the 4th Don't you have some form of greeting for me today? Oh, happy Independence Day <laughs> Frankie, I'm going to give you one little hint Today is my birthday So? <laughs> Look, Ramley, today's my birthday And I thought you might like to go out and celebrate it with me tonight Ah, sorry, Curly, I can't make it tonight You should have called earlier Can't expect to call me at the last minute and get a date <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing tonight? Well, I... I'm going out with a girl but, Frank, it's my birthday and you're my pal. Break your date and come with me. I don't want to. <laughs> you mean you'd rather go out with a girl than me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll see you around sometime, Curly. Goodbye. But, Frankie, I wait. Hmm, he hung up. Didn't even wish me a happy birthday. He's a fine pal, too. The last four evenings, he's been even too busy to see me. He's just as bad as Alice. She's been busy for the last four evenings, too. Alice busy, Frankie busy, Alice, Frankie. Frankie? And Alice? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Alice is... <laughs> Alice is at her mother's. 
I know she's at her mother's. But if I was the kind of a heel who'd check on her, I'd go over to her mother's house if uh, I was that kind of a heel. <laughs> Kind of anxious to see my dear old mother-in-law again <laughs> I haven't seen her for so long I've missed her so much I just had to rush over Hello, mother Good morning, Philip <laughs> Oh, it's you, Willie And to think I almost kissed him, too Come in, Philip It's nice of you to drop in and pay us a visit Well, thank you, thank you Philip, how about something to drink? That's the nicest thing you'd said. I'd love it. I need something. I've had a very disappointing day. And, Willie, make the drink good and strong. Very well. Would you like it with cream or lemon? <laughs> you make a drink with cream or lemon? Well, naturally. I'm going to brew you a pot of piping hot tea. Well, dunk me in a cup and call me Orange Pickle. <laughs> Forget about the drink Look, I came over to see Alice Where is she? I don't know Alice hasn't been here all week She hasn't been But she told me that She was here for the past four days Uh-huh Hasn't been telling me the truth, huh? Then there is something going on with Hey, Willie You know where Alice is? No, I don't But uh, here's a telephone number she left In case Mother wanted her for anything Okay, Willie, thanks I'll see you later Let's see this Telephone number is Evergreen 3883. That's a happy coincidence. That's the same number I dial when I call Frankie's house. <laughs> Frankie's house, huh? Then Alice and Frankie are... No. Don't be silly. This is no time to be suspicious. I'll just go over to Frankie's house and check. <laughs> Frankie, you've got everything straight. All the guests are going to meet here at your apartment. Yeah, and then I bring them all over to your house at a quarter to seven, and we'll hide in the living room with the lights yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. And the children will keep Phil upstairs until seven o'clock sharp. Then when they bring him down, we'll turn on the lights, and everybody will yell surprise. Surprise? <laughs> love yeah. It. Sure going to be a swell party. Yeah. Wait till Curly sees the hunting rifle I bought for him. It's a terrific gun. Yeah. <laughs> and I bought him a beautiful suitcase. He'll be thrilled with it. Oh, I bet he'll be very happy. He's always happy when I get him. Birthday I ever spent in all my life. What a birthday. You guys are sucker to have any birthdays that have them like this. I've never been so unhappy in all my life. Well, here's Frankie's apartment. Still hard to believe that Frankie had tried to steal my wife. Oh, it'll be wonderful. I'm You'll gonna knock on surprised. the door. Hey, wait a minute. They're in there. I hear their voices. Sure. I'm just gonna listen at this keyhole first. Oh, I might be wrong. Alice, you sure Curly don't suspect nothing. We've kept the whole affair so secret I'll say they kept it a secret The only ones that know about it Are you and I, Mother, William, the boys And Phil's band and their girlfriends I've only told our closest friends It's darn sweet or not to have told any strangers <laughs> How could they do this to me? Now all we have to do is to keep this from Phil until tonight To be sure he doesn't find out I'll leave the suitcase here And you bring it when you come over tonight hmm? <laughs> Suitcases? They're running away. They're going to leave me. <laughs> and I'll bring the gun over. Oh, swell. <laughs> they ain't going to leave me in very good condition. 
they be going to do away with me? I can just see the expression on Curly's face when I hand him the gun. Yeah. <laughs> hand me the gun? How do you like that? I got to shoot myself yet. Uh, I can't wait for tonight, Alice. Oh, neither can I, Frankie. And you should see Mother. She's all excited about this. You know, she planned the whole thing. Well, fully for Mother. <laughs> mother planned the whole thing. I knew she never wanted Alice to marry me, but you'd think she'd give up after we had two children. <laughs> Why is Alice running away with Frankie? I can't understand it. Can she love him as much as she loves me? Alice, this must be costing you a lot of money. I'd like to share the expense. Oh, no, Frankie. I'm getting a lot of pleasure out of this, and I insist on paying for everything. She loves him more than she loves him. <laughs> When I married her, she let me pay for the license. <laughs> Took me five years before I got that dough back. <laughs> I'm going to break in there and tell those two people off like they've never been taught. No. No, I won't. I'll be big about it. If this is the way Alice wants it, okay. I'll go out of her life. But I'll go home and get the children. They're going with me. <laughs> Well, got everything packed. Gee whiz, I sure hate to leave this room. Everything in it reminds me of Alice. This picture of her here on the bureau. Her slippers under the bed. That bundle of money on her vanity case. <laughs> Gee whiz, I... Still can't believe it. Why, well, I remember the night I first met her. It was at a dance. She was singing. Yeah, gee. Sound like she was singing just for me. Papa, won't you dance with me? Oh, dance with me. Please dance with me. Papa, take a chance with me and dance with me tonight. And when you whirl me round and round, we'll go Right off the ground, off we'll go Around and round, yes, we'll go And when we hear the trombone sliding high We'll both be gliding high up to the sky I love the polka pop Daddy! But won't you dance with me? Oh, won't you dance, dance with me? They say you'll dance with me And Papa, when you hold me, hold me tight Papa, won't you dance with me tonight? Whenever Papa tries to turn about, his feet are both in doubt. He'd better sit this out. It's not that he don't like to dance a bit. That's just the heck of it. He, he loves, loves the way they play the polka papa. Papa, won't you dance with me? Please dance with me. Oh, dance with me. And daddy, when you hold me, hold me tight. Oh, papa, ain't the music grand? Could it be Phil Harris's band? Won't you dance with me?
Gee whiz, that sounded good. I could have sworn she was standing right here singing. Oh, well. I'm going to be left with nothing but my memories. I ought to take something, though, just a little something with me, some, some little thing like this to remember Alice by. Hello, Daddy. We were looking for... Daddy, what are you doing with that bundle of money in your hand? <laughs> oh, money? I thought I had her picture. <laughs> How nearsighted of me. Daddy, what are you doing with those suitcases? I'm going on a little trip, girls, and I'm taking you with me. Oh, we can't leave before your surprise party. I don't care about any... Surprise party? Yes, Uncle Frankie's bringing over all your friends And they're going to hide in the dark Until we bring you down to the living room Oh So that's what Alice and Frankie were talking about Hey, kids Hey, hey, tell me again Now, what's going to happen? We can't, we're not allowed to say anything <laughs> It's seven o'clock, Daddy We'd better go downstairs Or we'll be late for your surprise party Well, okay, let's go now, look, girls, I don't want Mommy to know that I know about this, so don't say anything, and when we get downstairs, I'm going to act very surprised. Gee whiz, to think that I thought Alice and Frankie were... Oh, Harris, you dog. <laughs> don't make any noise, Daddy. Let's go right into the living room, and when I say, here he is, you act surprised. You just leave it to me, kids. Now I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay. Here he is. Oh, gee, folks, what a surprise. You shouldn't have done it. I had no idea that all you folks would jump out like this and yell surprise. Oh, gee whiz. This touches me deeply to think that you people like me enough to You just... can stop crying, Daddy. Nobody's here. <laughs> what do you mean nobody's here? Turn on the lights, Phyllis. You're right. Nobody's here. Oh, children, have you seen Uncle Frankie... Oh, Phil, what are you doing down here? Never mind, Dad. Where's my surprise party? <laughs> oh, now you know. Frankie's ruined everything. He was supposed to have been here at a quarter to seven with the guests, and he hasn't shown up yet. Oh, certainly. Leave it to Remley to butch up my birthday. I'd like to get my hands on him. I'd... Oh, there's the phone. If that's Remley, I'm really going to tell him off. Hello? That you, Curly? Yeah. Surprise! Oh, gee, folks, what a surprise. You shouldn't have done it. You're so... Frankie, you can't do it over the phone. <laughs> Where are you? You're supposed to bring the guest over to quarter to seven. Uh, I was unavoidably detained. It's kind of dark on your street. When I brought the gang over, we accidentally broke into the wrong house. <laughs> well, never mind. Come on over now. Oh, we'd like to, but we can't get away. Our host insists we stay here for a while. Well, where are you? Oh, we're right here. It's just... Excuse me, Curly. Hey, Sergeant, how do you expect me to hold the phone with these handcuffs on? <laughs> handcuffs? Frankie, are you in jail? Oh, what you said. <laughs> That's a vulgar word. Let's just say I'm incarcerated. <laughs> hey, Curly, why don't you bring Alice down here? We'll hold the party in my cell. Stop being silly. Look, I'll come right down and bail you all out. Oh. Well, I got news for you. Remley and our guests are in the clink. Now I got to go down and bail them out. Oh, no, you don't. You stay right here. 
Frankie and your friends ruined the whole party, so let them spend the night in jail. But, honey, I gotta oh, go down... Oh, how could they be so stupid as to break into somebody else's house? Mother warned me about your friends. Well, let's go upstairs and go to sleep. Oh, all right. Birthday, birthday. What a birthday. No party, no presents, no nothing. Nobody even wished me a happy birthday. I found out one thing today. There's only one person who cares about me. So happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, you curly-headed little rascal, you. Happy birthday. Alice and Phil will be back in just a moment. Is your shampoo doing right by you? Yes, is your shampoo doing right by you? My shampoo lathers all right, but it doesn't remove my dandruff. I've tried one shampoo after another. They all suds up and rinse out, but I still have dandruff. If your shampoo is letting you down when it comes to removing dandruff, switch to Fitch. Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. It's guaranteed to remove all dandruff. Medical authorities say there are two kinds of dandruff. One is loose and flaky. It's the unsightly kind. The other clings to the scalp. It's the invisible, irritating kind. If your present shampoo is doing only half the job, removing only part of your dandruff, remember, Fitch removes both kinds completely. So be free of unsightly dandruff. Be free of invisible, irritating dandruff. Yes, be free of all embarrassing dandruff. Fitch is the only shampoo who is guaranteed to remove dandruff with first application is backed by one of the world's largest insurance firms. So switch to Fitch at drug counters, barber, and beauty shops. Ask for Fitch's Dandruff Remover Shampoo. Fitch Shampoo does right by you. Goodness, this is awful. Phil! Phil, wake up, Phil! Huh? What? Oh, gee, folks, what a surprise. You shouldn't have done it. I never expected all of that. Lie down, Phil. Oh. I just thought of something awful. My brother and mother were with Frankie. You mean? Yes, mother's in jail. Mama's in jail? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, my friends warned me about your mother. <laughs> Good night, folks. Tune in next week when the F.W. Fitch Company again brings you the Fitch Bandwagon with Alice Fay and Phil Harris. This program was directed by Paul Phillips. Alice Fay appears through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox. The part of Frankie was played by Elliot Lewis. Girls, for softer, shinier hair, use Fitch's new cream shampoo. It's made with both lanolin and olive oil. Lanolin to soften, olive oil for sparkling highlights. Try Fitch cream shampoo. Bill Foreman speaking. Bill Foreman speaking.
This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Well, hello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another episode of the Jack Benny Show from the 1937-1938 season. This episode, again, brings Rochester back, which is great. Uh, he was in, what, last week's episode as well. He's going to start becoming more and more and more of a regular, which is great. Uh, I did have a, some more folks talk about the fact that they're not a big Andy Divine fans, and Andy is back on this episode as well. Um, I guess one way I'll say that, that maybe you can have a new respect for Andy and I think you just need to embrace the Andy because he's going to be there. Um, and these episodes are worth listening to, even if you don't like Andy. But I guess one avenue I'm thinking about for Andy is that Schlepperman and Andy sort of pro- provide the break the ground that allows for Rochester. They are not in the beginning section of the show uh, of the main characters. They only come up usually towards the end of the show for the the skit or whatever's happening at the end of the episode. They bridge into, certainly Andy anyway, into getting into Jack's personal life sometimes, which allowed them to go, oh, well, maybe we can use somebody, a Love Rochester-type character, to be part of Jack's personal life um, away from the show. Uh, and with Rochester, they took it up a notch because he can just do a phone call into the beginning part of the show if they want, or a phone call into the end of the show if they want, or he can, they can have the end of the show take place in Jack's home. Um, both Andy and Rochester just uh, added to the show more of a reason for them to bring in Jack's personal life and the things going on at his home, which, of course, later bring in um, Jack's neighbors and so forth. So, um, anyway, that's just another way to look at it, I suppose. I hope you enjoy this episode, and we will see you next time. J-E-L-L The Jell-O Program, coming to you from Western Women's Club in San Francisco, California... Starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston and Phil Harris and his orchestra. The orchestra opens a program with San Francisco from the picture of the same name. The hardest game of questions and answers is really easy compared to one question that every woman has to answer every day. What will we have for dessert tonight? Well, here's a tip. On every package of Jell-O, you'll find delicious recipe suggestions. There are different recipes on the different packages, so the variety is almost unlimited. Every sort of delicious Jell-O dessert and lots of attractive Jell-O salads that you'll find especially helpful at this time of year. Look them over at your grocers. You'll be surprised and delighted at the recipes on the Jell-O package. But remember, there's only one Jell-O, and only Jell-O brings you that delicious, extra-rich fruit flavor. That full-flavored, true fruit goodness that simply cannot be topped. So don't accept any substitutes. Look for the big red letters on the box. They spell Jell-O.
That was San Francisco, played by the orchestra. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you a man who has been in San Francisco a whole week and has just found out that the gold rush is over, Jack Benny. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and Don, I think that was a very thoughtless introduction. I know perfectly well that the gold rush is over. It was in 1849. Well, Jack, then why did you bring a pick and a shovel up here with you? Because if history repeats itself, I want to be prepared. <laughs> but you know, Don, there's still a feeling here in San Francisco of the rugged frontier days. Take the money, for instance. When you get a big bill change, you don't get it back in paper. You get it back in good, solid silver dollars. You know, it makes you feel like you've got something. Yes, yes, I've noticed that, Jack. I tell you, Don, my suspenders have been so overworked, I had to take out pants insurance. <laughs> and say, Don, another thing about this town, have you noticed how friendly and courteous everyone is? So hospitable. Oh, yes, Jack, I've seldom seen people so polite. Why, Don, only yesterday when I was out driving, I happened to go through a red light, and a policeman walked up to me and said, pull over to the curb, Mr. Wise Guy. Now, in what other city would they say mister? <laughs> and of course, Don, there's another great thing about San Francisco, and that's the climate. It's so invigorating, you know, it really peps you up. Well, that's quite true, Jack, but uh, they do have foggy weather here once in a while, don't they? Uh, well, Don, it isn't exactly foggy weather. I mean, you really wouldn't call it fog. Oh, you wouldn't? No. Of course, when you go out for your morning walk, it wouldn't hurt to wear a neon necktie. <laughs> no, Don. Don, you know, the fog, the fog here is like our Los Angeles rain. It's just a vicious rumor. <laughs> Only last week I had to pump 80 gallons of rumor out of my cellar. <laughs> Oh, I know how it is. Jack, I wonder where the rest of our gang is. Yeah, I hope they know we're broadcasting from the Western Women's Club. Well, I'm sure Phil Harris does. Oh, I know Phil does. He tried to get a room here. You know, <laughs> you know uh, Phil used to go to school in this town. He has a lot of friends here, but that's no excuse for being late. You know. Oh, come in. Mr. Benny, on behalf of the Chamber of Commerce, I want to welcome you to San Francisco. Well, well... Now, if there's anything we can do to make your stay here pleasant, please call on us. Well, thank you very much. Now, is there anything I can do for you? Yes, keep that Maxwell off our new bridge. <laughs> hmm, how do you like that? Well, if you want to know something, Don, I already drove my Maxwell on the new bridge, and I got across almost to Oakland. Well, you did? What happened? Well, the car broke down, and it took 12 seagulls to pull it in. <laughs> You know, I drove it up from Los Angeles. Was that the phone, Jack? It ain't the Oakland Ferry. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Gladys. Gladys? Yes, I'm calling for Phil Harris. He'll be over in 15 minutes. Oh, thank you. Say, by the way, are you the Gladys I used to know? I was, but I moved. <laughs> hmm. Phil certainly goes around with intelligent girls. Oh, hello, Mary. Welcome to San Francisco. Hello. Well. Hey, you hear that? Hmm? Hey, that's a nice hand you got there, Mary. They kind of like you in this town, huh? Oh, I've got a lot of friends here, Jack. I know so many people. Oh, sure. I almost forgot, folks. Mary's a local girl. She was born right here in San Francisco, weren't you, Mary? Well, not right in San Francisco. Oh, you mean uh, not in the city itself? That's it. Uh -huh. Oh, well. Where were you born? Was it Berkeley? No. 
Alameda? No. Uh, Sausalito? No. Where? Seattle. <laughs> well, that's that's only two inches away on a small map. It doesn't. <laughs> well, tell me, uh, Mary, have you? Uh... <laughs> Mary, have you, uh, have you been having any fun here? I mean, what have you been doing all week? Huh? Oh, I've been all over. Yeah. I went to the zoo and Seal Rocks, and yesterday I went to Chinatown. Oh, Chinatown. Did you do any shopping? Did I? I bought some pajamas and a kimono with a dragon on it and mm. some chop suey. Mmm. And, oh, boy, am I sorry I told the man I was in a hurry. Why? He wrapped everything in one bundle. Mm. <laughs> Gee, chop suey and a kimono. Gee, the kimono must be all spotted. No, but the dragon gained three pounds. <laughs> no, I didn't know they liked chop suey. God. And, oh, Jack, what? I must tell you something that happened to me last night. It was awful. What? Well, I was sitting in the lobby of my hotel, minding my own business. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, my eye winked at the cutest fella. Oh. She huh. was, I embarrassed. Well, don't feel bad about it, Mary. That could be a nervous twitch, you know. And then to make things worse, I had to go and drop my handkerchief right in front of him. Oh, well, that was just an accident, that's all. Yes, but when I said hello, I could have slapped my face. <laughs> oh, I see. So you were flirting with this fellow in the lobby of the hotel, huh? Yeah. We had more fun all evening. We laughed and talked and had the swellest time. You did? Where'd you go? No place. He was the bell captain. <laughs> Well, anyway, I'm glad you're having a good time here, Mary. I really am. I certainly am. But, oh, Jack, you know what? What? I forgot to write a poem about San Francisco. Oh, isn't that tragic, Don? Yeah. Oh, now, Mary, you go over there in the corner and work on it. Write a poem. Okay, Jack. Say, Don, did the rest of the gang get here yet? Well, Kenny just walked in. Where? There he is. He's going out again. Kenny, come back here. Gosh, was that for me? Certainly, Kenny. What were you running away for? Oh, I feel silly broadcasting from a woman's club. <laughs> That's nonsense, Kenny. Don's here. I'm here. Do I look silly? You mean from where I'm standing? <laughs> yes. Yes. If that last yes wasn't my echo, you're fired. Well, Kenny, what have you been doing? Uh, seeing the sights like the rest of us? Oh, I've been getting around. Oh. Yesterday, I saw the new bridges, and this morning, I took a boat and went over to the World's Fair. You did? Yeah, and you know, Jack, there's hardly anyone over there. Gosh, they're not doing any business at all. It's terrible. <laughs> Kenny, they're still building the World's Fair. It won't be open until 1939. Oh, then that fan dancer I saw must have been a carpenter. <laughs> Well, tell me, Kenny... Uh, just... Oh, Jack, I'm getting along swell with my poem. That's good. Uh, tell me, Kenny, now that you've seen them, uh, what do you think of those two new bridges? Oh, they're pretty. Pretty? Is that the way to describe those engineering masterpieces? Why, those two bridges are the result of men working and slaving and sweating day and night, pouring thousands and thousands of tons of concrete. Gee. Erecting miles and miles of mighty steel cables. Employing mechanical skill that will never be surpassed or even duplicated in the history of civilization. How do you spell crab meat? C-R-A-B-M-E-A-T. <laughs> and you, Kenny Baker. You stand there and say those bridges are pretty. Those mighty triumphs of engineering. Now what do you say? 
They're very pretty. That's fine. I yell myself hoarse and get a very. Oh, well, sing your song, Kenny, and redeem yourself to our San Francisco friends here. Wait a minute. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Gladys. Oh, you again, huh? Yeah, Phil Harris will be over in about ten minutes. Well, he better. Hmm, if Phil thinks he can go running around to all his girlfriends while the program is on, he's crazy. Uh, how do you spell... Oh, shut up. <laughs> what are you going to sing, Kenny? I'm going to sing when the organ played, oh, promise me. That sounds all right. That's fine. Now, hold it a minute, Kenny. Come in. Mr. Benny? Yes? Is this the Western Women's Club? Yes, it is. Well, where are they? Woo-hoo! <laughs> I must have packed him in my bag. He's got a head like an old shaving brush. <laughs> when I hear an organ in the twilight glow, it brings back sweet memories of the long ago. Softly then the music fills my eager heart with love. So sweet and tender, my sweetheart.
That was when the organ played Oh, Promise Me, sung by Kenny Baker. And you see, Kenny, you have nothing to worry about. You weren't a bit nervous. Well, at first I was going to fly to pieces, but then I said to myself, Kenneth, take hold of yourself. And I did. Oh, oh, well, it sounded like it, Kenneth. I thought your voice was pretty. Pretty? Is that the way to describe my voice when it took thousands and thousands of tons of concrete? Oh, quiet. (laughs) Concrete, hmm? Jack. What? My poem is all finished, and I think I've got something here. Well, Mary, this is one time we'd all like to hear it. Wouldn't you, Don? Yes, Jack, I think it will be very apropos. Oh, you do, eh? Kenny, stop showing off. (laughs) Go ahead, Mary. Let's hear your poem now. Okay. San Francisco. (coughs) 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 Oh, San Francisco, San Francisco. You're the town I can't resist, oh. I like your parks and civic center. It's cool in summer, warm in winter. Winter? (laughs) And your harbor filled with water. Wait a minute, Mary. Oh, darn that. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Gladys. Tell Phil to get right over here to work. All right, slave driver. Hmm. Go ahead, Mary. Go ahead. Uh, where was I? In the harbor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And your harbor filled with water, and your good old fisherman's wharf, with its lobster and its crab meat. Gee, I cannot get a north. A north? Boy, that was a torf one, wasn't it, huh? Wasn't it, Horwitz? Hmm? I climbed your hills and cars and cables. I would have walked if I was able. Able. And after that, I took a boat and sailed right through your golden goat. (laughs) Goat, that's golden gate. Is that all? Is that all there is to the poem? Huh? <laughs> yes, now, all. wait a minute, Barry. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What about our... Well, you know, you oh, know. Oh, yes, Don, I'm sorry. Last verse, all out. Mm-hmm. San Francisco oft reminds us footprints in the sands of time. Jello, six delicious flavors. Strawberry, raspberry, cherry, orange, lemon, lime. Boom. <laughs> well, that was a surprise to me, Mary, and I think you did very well considering the time you had to prepare it, you know. And now, folks... Hello, Jack, old boy. Here I am. <laughs> Am I late? I don't know, Phil. Where are you going? (laughs) Am I late? Well, I'm sorry, Jack, but we were playing an engagement in Sacramento last night, and we had to drive in. Well, the boys in your orchestra got here on time. I know, but I had to stay and sweep up the dance floor. Now, Phil, that's a lie. And then to make things worse on the way in, I had to stop and have my car fixed. I know, Phil. The mechanic called up three times. His name is Gladys. (laughs) Anyway, you can't put anything over on me. I know where you were, and it's not to your credit to be seen with every girl in town. You don't see me running around. Well, it's your own fault. I wanted you to go out with me and meet some of these girls, didn't I? I could have gotten you a swell date. Oh, sure, like the girl you fixed me up with on New Year's Eve. That Dolores Del Schmutz. (laughs) Boy, was she a mess. Have you seen her since? Yes, Phil. Last Wednesday, I had a nightmare. (laughs) The last time I'll ever go to sleep. (laughs) And another thing, Phil, why do you always mix pleasure with business? Does Castellanos let his social life interfere with his work? Does Stokowski come in late on account of girls? He would if he had my little red book. (laughs) 
You and your little red book. I've got a book, too, haven't I, Mary? Yeah, it came with the telephone. Yeah, it came with the telephone. Yeah, it came with the telephone. Yeah. Next time you want me to read a poem. All right, Phil, now that you finally got here, you might as well do your stuff. What's it going to be? We're going to play by mere Bis Duchesne. Had a little trouble with it. Yes, you did. (laughs) Well, Slepperman had a hard time teaching it to you. I know. A little Norwegian ditty there. Oh, well. Oh, wait a minute, Phil. There's the phone. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny. This is Gladys. Well, what do you want now? I'm calling for Phil Harris. He says he'll be over in a little while. Now, wait a minute. Phil Harris is standing here right now. Then who's this guy? Uh-huh. You see, Phil, competition. Think that over while you're playing the next number. <laughs> Say Bella, Bella, even say Boonderbar. Each language only helps me tell you how grand you are. Again, I'll explain by mere bistu shame. So kiss me and say you understand. Duchesne, played by the orchestra with a vocal refrain by Phil Harris. That was swell, Phil. You ought to sing more often. That's what they tell me. Oh. <laughs> didn't, you think, uh, uh, didn't you think Phil did a great job, Don? Oh, yes, Jack. I thought he handled it with unusual esprit. Uh, what was that? Huh? Why, say, I thought he handled it with unusual esprit. Oh, yes, 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 quite. Well, yes. that means spirit. You know. Well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> Esprit has to ring in Spanish on me, you know? No, esprit is a French word, Jack. A French word? Of course. Certainly. Yeah. 
Well, so much for our trip to Europe. Huh? And now, fellas, not meaning to change the subject, but as long as we're here in San Francisco... Come in. Hello, fellas. Hiya, buddy. Hello. Well, Andy, I didn't expect you up here in San Francisco. You told me you couldn't make it. Well, I didn't think I could, Buck, but Ma and Pa wanted to come, so I thought I'd treat them to a little vacation. Oh. What did you do, motor up? No, we took the night train. Ma slept in the lower berth, and Pa and me shared the upper. Well, the two of you in an upper berth, you must have had trouble getting undressed. Undressed? We couldn't even get our hats off. <laughs> Oh, that must have been awful. Well, well, we wouldn't have minded that so much, but our dog wouldn't get off the pillow. Oh, your dog was in there, too. My goodness. And she sure picked a fine place to have pups. <laughs> Gee, that... That must have been uncomfortable. Are you going back on the train? Oh, I don't think so. Pa got in a crap game with the porter and lost her return ticket. <laughs> well, don't worry, Andy. I'll lend you some money. What are you doing up here? <laughs> Tell me, Andy, have you been having any fun looking over the town? Yeah, I've been all over. Say, Buck, before I leave, I'd like to go to Chinatown and get some of that Chinese hash. Oh, you mean chop suey, huh? Uh -huh. Well, that's a coincidence, Andy, because I was just going to invite the gang down there and treat them to a real dinner. How about it, fellas? Okay. Oh, yeah. Mary, call up and reserve a table. I know a swell place. I've got the address here somewhere. Oh, here's that card. Uh, Ling Fu chop suey like Mother used to make. <laughs> See, my mother never made any of them. Uh, Call him up, Mary. What's the number? Just ask for Ling Fu in Chinatown. Okay. Operator, get me Ling Fu's restaurant in Chinatown. Hold the line, please. Now, fellas, remember, the whole party's on me. I'm buying. Here's your party. Uh, you better talk, Jack. Okay. Hello? Hello? Ling Fu, Lesler. Now, listen. I want to reserve a table for six. We'll be over in about 15 minutes. Who is this, please? Uh, this is Jack Benny. Jack Blenny? Blenny? No, Benny, Benny. The L is Slyland. <laughs> now, look, we want you to fix us up some real Chinese dishes. You know, just give us enough chow mein and chop suey for six. Mix them up, you know. Okay, okay. Now, what can we have for dessert? Oh, we got uh, nuts, nice cookies, kumquat, sing pao poo, and jello. <laughs> oh, jello? Yes, slow plenty, less plenty, jelly, and lemon and lime. Look for the big light letters on the blocks. <laughs> Hey, hey, Don, did you hear that? You sled it. <laughs> well, all right, we'll be over in a few minutes. Now, look, uh, by the way, uh, uh, how much will all this cost, approximately? Uh-uh, the party's off. Mary, I'm just asking. How much? Uh, six of paper, six dollars. Six dollars for chop suey? Why, I never heard of that. Now, listen, Ling Fu. Oh, me no Ling Fu. Me plus boy. Oh, well, let me talk to the boss. Ling Fu. Okay, here you uh, Hello, Ling Fu. <laughs> hello, Sling Fu. Why, Slapperman. Quiet, you're talking to Ling Fu. 
Well, tell me, Schlepp, what are you doing in Chinatown? I mean, how do you happen to be running a restaurant? Well, I'll tell you, Jackie. I figured like this. Everybody likes chop suzy. Mm-hmm. I look good in a kimono. So what am I waiting for? Time marches up. <laughs> oh, I can... <laughs> I can just picture you in a kimono. Say, you must look like a real Chinaman, there. Yeah, but there's only one thing wrong. What's that? A pigtail I wouldn't wear. Oh. You know me, Jack. I'm a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Yeah, went to town. <laughs> I don't blame you. Now, look, Slap. We're all coming over for chop suey. Now, what else have you got there that's good? You know. Oh, oh, Jackie boy, have I got a special dish prepared for you? You'll love it. A special dish? Huh? What is it? Egg foo young with matzo balls. <laughs> Say, that, that sounds tempting. Let's see. <laughs> What, what else have you got? Well, we got some nice gefilte yakamin. Mm. And uh, listen, Jack, if yes. you want a real A number one delicacy, yes. you must try our Wa Su Ying Lu Cao. Hey, I've never heard of that. What is it? Confidentially, it's herring. <laughs> oh, well, look, I slept smuggle, slept smuggle a little of it on my plate. Mm. Look under the rice. <laughs> okay. Now, we'll be right over. Wait, I've never seen your place, Schlepp. How will I find it? Oh, you can't miss it, Jack. There's a big sign in the front. A sign? What does it say? Cleaning, pressing, and chop suey. <laughs> oh, fine. We'll be right over. Goodbye, Schlepp. Goodbye, goodbye. Chinatown, my Chinatown. You eat so much, you fall right down. <laughs> well, fellas, come on, fellas. Let's go. Hey, Jack, 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 what about the program? Oh, it's almost over anyway. Come on, fellas. Right. We'll go to China. Here's one swell dessert to give any meal a happy ending. Serve Jell-O chocolate pudding for dessert and listen to the family cheer. For Jell-O chocolate pudding is downright delicious. It has a real full chocolate flavor, a tempting rich chocolate color, and a smooth consistency that's creamy and luscious. Jell-O chocolate pudding is made with the same wholesome ingredients you'd use yourself in your own homemade chocolate pudding. But it's far quicker and easier to prepare. Just combine the contents of one package with milk, then cook and stir over a low flame until it's thick and smooth. It takes just a few minutes and you have a perfect dessert. If you like, you can vary it with toasted nut meats, raisins, or crisp shredded coconut. Directions are in every package. Jell-O chocolate pudding sells for the same low price as Jell-O. So ask your grocer tomorrow for Jell-O chocolate pudding. Say, Ling Fu's got great food, isn't he? Give me some more tea, Don. Oh, here you are, Jack. That was the last number of the 15th program in the new Jell-O series. And, uh, uh, lemon or cream? Lemon, Don. And we'll be with you again next Sunday night at the same time, broadcasting from Hollywood. Here, chop suey tastes good. Yeah, I like it, too. Yeah, man. Uh-huh. Ouch! Kenny, look out for those chopsticks. Oh, look, Jack, I found a sardine under my rice. Give me that. Good night, folks. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> program through courtesy of Mervyn Leroy Productions. Jubilee is from the store of Everyday to Holiday. Remember, Mr. Shane is from Love, Honor, and Behave. This is the national broadcasting company. KFI Los Angeles.